You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Ladies and gentlemen, your attention please. Now batting for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, Fan Rock Fantasy Baseball, the host, Al Melchior, Fan Rock Fantasy Baseball. Welcome, everybody. This is Fan Rag Fantasy Baseball. I'm your host, Al Melchior, and uh, going to take this opportunity, a couple days premature, to wish you uh, a happy 2018. Hope you've all had a great holiday so far. And I am really, really, really stoked for this final show of 2017. And no, it's not to talk about uh, the way Dave is signing, although I'm going to talk about that a little bit. That's pretty much the only piece of fantasy relevant news. Uh, from the last few days, well, that and and the Manny Machado rumors, which at this point are just uh, just trade rumors, uh, so not a lot to talk about in terms of news or player movement uh, developments like that. But I, I am really stoked because I'm I'm doing something a little bit different today, going a little bit outside the box. Uh, I talked on last the last show about my fantasy baseball New Year's resolution, and then I uh, asked you all to uh, hit me with your. New Year's resolutions related to fantasy baseball on Twitter, and uh, you came through, and I'm going to share share those uh, a little bit later on the show. But I've also brought some people onto the show to talk about their uh, fantasy seasons of 2017 and what they resolved to do differently and do better in 2018. Uh, so I've got uh, Nathan Dockin from uh, the uh, Nasty Cast and Fan Tracks. So he's been on the show uh before uh, at least a couple of times love having nathan on the show he responded to me on twitter which i thought was pretty cool uh so i thought well let's bring about the show talk about it in more than uh, 280 characters and uh also uh bringing on the show a uh first time guest uh ellen adair who uh, you may know from Billions, uh, Veep, and The Slap. Uh, big, big baseball fan. Uh, from what I can tell from her feet, a big Phillies fan and a big-time fancy player. So uh, she's going to talk about her uh, uh, New Year's resolutions uh, for fancy baseball. And uh, I'm bringing somebody on, Trevor Dunning, who also responded to my call on Twitter for fancy New Year's resolutions. And to fully disclose, Trevor is also in a league with me. So I thought, well, how cool to bring on somebody who stepped up to the plate, shared his New Year's resolution, and it's also somebody that I happen to know, both online and offline. So it'll be cool to talk to Trevor uh, for a, a segment here later on in the show. So it's going to be pretty much all about fantasy New Year's resolutions on this show. But let me just take a minute, talk about Wade Davis, because that is the one big big piece of news, signing with the Rockies for three years, $52 million. Uh, a good but not great season with the Cubs in, in 2017, but uh, Rockies trying to build a super pen with uh, Davis, Jake McGee, Brian Shaw, Adam Adovino, Mike Dunn, but no return of Greg Holland, which I think is sort of an interesting development unto itself. Oh as he struggled uh, both health-wise and performance-wise in the later portions of the season. But uh, Wade Davis heading to Colorado after a little bit of a down year with the Cubs, who gave up six homers, 28 walks, and 58 and two-thirds innings. Uh, We'll see how that home run rate uh, fares in Colorado. Anyhow, uh, time to head to break, and when we come back, it'll be uh, Nathan Dockin time. Looking forward to that, so stick around.
Skix sneakers are taking over tailgates and alumni homes across America. Skix canvas high top, low top, slip on, and kids tennis style sneakers designed in officially licensed college colors and logos is a must have for every college fan's wardrobe. Fun, fashionable, and comfortable. Whether you're at the big game or watching the game at home, Skix helps fans perform better. Go to Skix.com and use promo code FNTSY for 15% off your pair now. That's Skix.com. Skix sneakers, the soul of a true fan. Are you new to Daily Fantasy? Are you a veteran? Either way, you can better your chances of winning money and lots of it by going to DailyRoto.com. Multiple people have become millionaires thanks to the guys at Daily Roto. Why not take advice from the experts? You can become a millionaire too. Just go to DailyRoto.com to rock Daily Fantasy Sports. The sun can make your outdoor deck and patio space so hot and uncomfortable, you can't use it. But now there's the Sunsetter Retractable Awning. A Sunsetter Retractable Awning opens and closes in just 60 seconds, and it keeps your patio about 20 degrees cooler. It provides instant shade and protection from the sun's harmful rays. You can get your Sunsetter for as little as $5.99 when you call now to get your special $200 discount certificate and free awning idea kit. You're going to love your Sunsetter Retractable Awning. Sunsetter awnings are assembled in America and guaranteed to last for years. So call 800-869-5446 now to get a free awning idea kit with DVD plus your $200 Sunsetter discount certificate. This is a limited time offer, so call 800-869-5446 now. That's 800-869-5446 for your free awning idea kit with DVD and $200 discount certificate. There's no obligation, so call 800-869-5446 now. This message is paid for by the United Elf Foundation. What's up, fellow elves? This is Jumpin' Jacks, your treasurer of the North Pole's UEF South Division. We've bought several ads here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network because we all know how much Christmas elves love fantasy football. You know it. The UEF wanted to remind all elves on Fantasy Football Sunday leave from the North Pole that the last shuttle back to the workshop leaves our secret spot at 8 p.m. Sunday. So that's immediately after the Fantasy Sports Radio Network ends their seven straight hours of live game day coverage. What's up? If you traveled by magic, please disregard this message and remember that you're expected back in the workshop by 9 a.m. sharp on Monday. So you can still listen to the full two hours of the Roto Experts recap, then transport yourselves back, all right? Thank you all. I appreciate it. And best of luck with your fantasy playoff teams. Your elf is out. Welcome back, everybody. You can call this Fan Rag Fantasy Baseball. And yes, you can call me Al because, you know, that's my name. Uh, I'm Al Melkier, the host of this show. And joining me for this segment on uh, New Year's Resolution Saturday here on uh, Fan Rag Fantasy Baseball, uh, courtesy of uh, Fantrax and the Nasty Cast, Nathan Dockin. Nathan, so thanks so much for joining me again today. Hey, thanks for having me back, Al. Yeah, but always uh, great to have you on. And you're you're doing some uh, good work here during the hot stove season on fan tracks. You've been publishing a saber metric series. Uh, what's uh, what should people look for in that? Yeah, it's um, a series I just concluded. It's five different parts you can check out on fan tracks. It's 
basically how I evaluate players. So if you want to figure out how basically I do my evaluations, my analysis of every player, then this is kind of the nuts and bolts of how I do it. It's just uh, looking at different saber metrics and um, how to apply them to splits and just kind of digging into everything, you know, quality of contact, batter ball distribution, a lot of the stuff that you cover on this show. And um, so that's just kind of a, a, an intro to saber metrics, I guess, if you will. All right. Well, uh, you know, from uh, what I've seen, and I'm sure the whole series, you know, based on, on you know, what you've done, uh, you know, your body of work, uh, what I've seen is really, really well done. So uh, it, particularly if these are, you know, things that you're not familiar with, you should definitely check out Nathan's series. Um, and uh, what's uh, what's on tap for after the new year? Yeah, now that I've finished up my uh, Sabermetric series, I'm going to be switching over a little bit more into player analysis. I'm going to start a course correction series, kind of looking into the big over and under performers from 2017 and uh, trying to decide more realistically what they're going to be doing in 2018 season and you know maybe just guys that I'm interested in <laughs> overall. So, <laughs> I'm looking forward to cranking that up. All right. Well, sounds good. Maybe we can... Uh trip across some of those those players uh, when we get down to talking about looking ahead to 2018 and, and New Year's resolutions and all that. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad you, you sort of prompted me to ask you to come back on the show, Nathan, because I put that question out on Twitter. Well, first I put out a question about guiding principles, and then I followed that up with another uh, question for people to uh, hit me with their, their New Year's resolutions. But, uh, you know, I, I think that that was kind of a good prerequisite to think about, well, you know, what's what's sort of non-negotiable for you before you think about, well, what might I change for the coming year? And um, the, the first thing that you told me is you're going to target players uh, who whose names lend themselves easily to puns. And uh, <laughs> you know, I definitely related to that because, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I mean, do you go more like you draft the players and then you, you come up with with the punny team name or do you are, do you already have some names lined up that you now have to go out and you know fulfill via the draft? Well, yeah, I do think that uh, if you're going to make a, a pun out of some player's name, then he definitely has to be on your team. I think that's a, a principle that I always abide by. Although personally, a lot of my um, a lot of my team names tend to be nonsensical and not necessarily radio appropriate. So, so I don't go into too many of mine, but, uh, you know, Ronald Acuna is a big name these days. So you'll see a lot of Acuna, Acuna Matata. And, uh, yes. even if you draft him and Moncada, you can go Acuna Moncada. There's that. And, you know, man bear Puig. I always like that one. That's a classic <laughs> reference to South Park. So, uh, well, those are good. Uh, so it's, you know, we got to start thinking about the names target, but then you, you, you followed up and said, well, honestly, one thing I look for in players, uh, that just make a lot of contact with a low swinging strike percentage, have some stolen base floor and are young with the ability to find power. You found the likes of, uh, Segura, Jose Ramirez and Jorge Polanco this way. And I, it's, it's sort of hard to argue with that because basically you're saying, you know, somebody who has the potential to be an across the board contributor. Uh, with batting average without, you know, uh, whiffing a whole lot and yet, you know, provide some power and speed. Um, how did, so, uh, maybe it is, maybe I've already answered the question, but is there another reason how, uh, or another way that you arrived at, at that set of priorities? Or was it basically just, you know, well, these are the things I need to find to, to get the across the board contributors? Well, yeah, it, it sort of started, like like you said, like I tweeted, um, you know, it started with Segura back in the day and that worked out. So I just kind of kept going to that well. 
and it's worked out a couple times since then. So it's turned into sort of one of my guiding principles. It's, you know, it's a couple things, like I said, middle infield prospects that don't necessarily profile well defensively. And, you know, they tend to get dinged in your normal prospect lists. And for that reason, a lot of them get underrated. Uh, in fantasy, but in fantasy, it's actually a good thing sometimes if a player is a bad defender because that makes him more of a utility guy in a lot of cases, and then you can qualify at multiple positions. And, um, you know, so while that's a shortcoming in real life, it actually makes him more valuable in fantasy. And so if you read a lot of prospect lists, you'll see, you know, quite a bit of verbiage like, uh, you know, this guy doesn't have a defensive home, or if he gets pushed to second base, the bat's really going to have to play up, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so I look with uh, for players with that bat first profile that make a lot of contact and also have a little bit of stolen base floor to float their value if they run into some poor Babbitt block or if their power is below average. Um, and then particularly nowadays with the allegedly juice balls, power tends to play up when these prospects get the call. Um, but even without the that, um, if, you know, a player, if he walks a lot and has a good idea of the strike zone, then their power tends to play up eventually anyway. Um, so, you know, you've got the basis of a two-category player in speed and average, and that can turn into a five-category player if they grow into some power and, uh, you know, or make an adjustment all of the air ball revolution that was using a lot of last year. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Jose Ramirez is definitely, uh, you know, somebody who, who fit that profile. Jorge Polanco is somebody who has sort of consistently put the ball in the air a lot which is actually a, a reason I'm not that big on him because uh, he doesn't hit the ball that hard for somebody who does put it in the air a lot. And then there's Gene Segura, who had the nice power breakout two years ago, but was a bit of a disappointment last year. Some of that may be health-related. But, I mean, how, how do you feel about those three, Segura, Jose Ramirez, and Jorge Polanco for the coming year? Well, Jose Ramirez is my boy, absolutely. Uh, so, and uh, you know, I didn't expect him to be, uh, you know, a top twenty player wherever he's getting drafted this year. Um, he's he's definitely turned into the superstar of of those guys. Uh, Segura, yeah, he's he's getting a little older. The speed isn't quite what it once was, so he's more of a ten twenty guy uh, for me. And then and then Polanco, you know, like you said, maybe he would stand to benefit from hitting a few more balls on the ground and utilizing his speed a little bit more. Uh, but he was, you know, hitting three, four for the twins down the stretch last year. So, um, you know, he looked like a different player in the second half. The the ball started falling for him and he just looked a lot more confident at the plate. Um, so, um, you know, he's probably not going to be their three hitter this year. Maybe he'll hit more like five, but I do think that, um, you know, like a 15 team league, he can be a middle infield option for you. I could see him going like 15, 15, uh, you know, with a, like a 270, 280 batting average. Yeah, well, that wasn't so much the case last year, but he has been a line drive hitter. So, uh, you know, that batting average could, you know, might might even be conservative for him. And that would be a, a tough combination to, to turn down. And like you said, he'd probably come, come pretty cheap. So anybody in that Segura, Ramirez, Polanco mold that you're targeting for 2018? Uh, yes, there's there's a couple guys. Um, there's There's one that's sort of, you know, not quite a deep, deep sleeper, but I do love me some Ozzy Albies this year. I don't know where he's going necessarily, but wherever it is, is too low. <laughs> I really like what I saw from him uh, in his rookie season last year. And I could I could squint and see a 2020 season with a 280 batting average. Um, and I, I think he'll probably be hitting second for most of the season, hitting in front of Freddie Freeman. I love that. So you're probably going to get 160 combined runs in RBIs. And then as far as more of a, a dynasty, uh, perhaps – um, you know, late season call up with the uh, Pirates. I really like Kevin Kramer. Uh, he sort of fits uh, the mold of these guys that I've been talking about as well. Um, he's 24 years old. He really 
changed his uh, his batted ball distribution last year, and he actually started to hit for power. He pretty much doubled his uh, power output. He was always a really heavy ground ball hitter, and he started putting the ball in the air a lot. And um, So he's a guy who makes a lot of contact, and he could um, start to be hitting for a lot more power as well. Unfortunately, last year his season was cut short due to a broken hand, so we couldn't quite tell if it was just a blip on the radar or you know some, some kind of uh, – adjustment that he'll be able to maintain over the course of a full season. But I think right now you can buy Kevin Kramer uh, really low in your dynasty keeper leagues and potentially see him uh, in the second half of 2018. Now I get confused because I, I, I like Kevin Newman of the pirates, but that's, that's a different right. Seinfeld character. So, uh, yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, great. Well, I, I think we got about a minute left, Nate, Nathan. So, um, Real quick, do you have a uh, New Year's resolution for fantasy this year? Something that you're really, you know, maybe going to make a, a U-turn on or at least a 90-degree turn on uh, from what you've done in the past? Um, not necessarily. I think uh, I'm just going to kind of hone my strategy a little bit more, like offensively, uh, just trying to draft players that aren't total zeros in stolen bases. Those are harder to find these days, uh, both stolen bases, that is. And so I don't necessarily want those, those flat footers that'll, um, you know, hold you back in that in that category. And then pitching-wise, I think I'm just going to try and draft an ace uh, to anchor my pitching numbers. In the past, that's one thing that I haven't done. I've sort of really waited on pitching. Um, but, gosh, it's just so ugly now <laughs> in the sitting environment that uh, – you know, I, I think I'm going to actually pay up for an ace this year. And so far early on wow. in uh, my mock drafts and drafts and holds, I've been winding up with Clayton Kershaw a lot now that he's slipping towards the back end of the first round. Wow. Well, uh, well, Nathan, good luck to you and uh, wish you a happy new year, uh, you know, not just in fantasy baseball, but uh, overall. So uh, thanks again for joining me. You too, Al. Thanks. All right. Take care. All right, folks, stick around. we got Ellen Adair coming up right after this break. <laughs> it never gets old. All right, everyone. Two truths, one lie. I was going to be on The Real World. I play the oboe. And I saved a kid's life. You definitely never saved a kid's life. I'm serious. Last summer, I donated bone marrow to a kid who had leukemia. Saving a life. The truth is, it's easier than you think. Learn how at DKMS.org. <laughs> who knew we were living with a hero? Um, a hero <laughs> who plays the oboe. <laughs> This dude, Bill Bryan, didn't start Sean Watson exactly. in day one. Exactly. He didn't start the Sean Watson in day one. It took a horrific first half from Tom Savage. To Savage's credit, he, he didn't know to get the ball to Hopkins. I mean, he was like, we love that. Off. Yes. We love so, that. You know. Thank you, Tom. He was, he was tolerable. Yeah. Yeah. So you're like, okay, yeah. But, to, uh, but if you're a Houston Texas fan, and I know oh, some yeah. Texas yeah. fans, I would get text messages be like, Savage effing sucks. Weekdays, 7 a.m. Eastern, 4 a.m. Pacific, only on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Reason number 12 why you should own a Thermospas hot tub? They require no attachment to your home's plumbing. Thanks to the Thermospas unique built-in thermofiltration system that filters the water an incredible 144 times a day, you simply fill it with a garden hose and your water stays crystal clear with very little maintenance. 
Call to receive your free DVD videos and brochure and find out how you can own a Thermospas hot tub for only a few dollars a day. Right now, they're offering 0% APR financing with approved credit and a $1,250 savings coupon, including free delivery, free chemicals, and a cash discount. And with models starting at $4,995, there will never be a better time to own a Thermospas hot tub. So call now and ask about this limited time offer. Call Thermospas today at 800-625-4922 for your free DVD videos and brochure that's 800-625-4922 thermos boss hot tubs designed to improve your life call 800-625-4922 today to take advantage of zero percent apr financing draft world fantasy sports brings the games to you with real cash prizes kick off your season choose your league draft your players or let draft world's quick pick wizard get you started then turn your knowledge into cash draft world offers low commissions on all fantasy sports cash prizes are paid as each league ends automatically and every day a new draft world season starts it's the world's way to play fantasy sports draftworld.com Hey guys, Tony Sincata here from the Line of Block Show, brought to you by DailyRoto.com. You can join Dane Martinez and Tony Sincata, 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern, on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and get the night's DFS basketball advice. And of course, we still break down football on a nightly basis. That's the Line of Block Show, brought to you by DailyRoto.com. Dane Martinez, Tony Sincata, 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy football frenzy. Gio in PPO, he outscored Joe Mixon. I was kind of shocked when I heard that. He was a part-time player until Joe Mixon got injured. Joe Mixon, even as a part-time starter, he was outscoring him. It really came down to when Mixon got hurt in the backfield was Gio's all himself, and especially last week where he went ballistic. Gio's been what he has been. He's been that RB3, especially a PPR high-end RB3 that you can rely on, but that's he's always been a part-time guy that you could get some value out of. Weekdays, 9 to 11 a.m. Eastern, only on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Welcome back, everybody. This is FanRag Fantasy Baseball, New Year's Resolution Edition. I'm your host, Al Melker, and I'm absolutely thrilled to be joined for the first time on this show by uh, Ellen Adair. You can find Ellen at, at Ellen underscore Adair, A-D-A-I-R, uh, on Twitter. Ellen, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm really honored to be here. <laughs> well, uh, uh, looking forward to uh, talking about uh, your fantasy teams from this year and uh, what uh, you know you might do in uh, 2018 that's different or the same. I don't know. We'll find out. Uh, we've got a whole segment to, to explore that. But uh, just to introduce uh, folks to you, Ellen, uh, you are on Series Billions, uh, and I'm looking at your IMDb, IMDb page here. You play Graph. Is, uh, am I that, that that's correct? That's right, yeah. All right. Yeah, I worked uh, with Damian Lewis on that show. Oh, okay. Uh, you've been on Veep. You've been on the Slap. But I have to admit that. I mean, anybody who's you know followed me over the years knows that I'm 
I, I don't see a lot of movies. I don't watch a lot of series TV. Uh, so the, the one place I'm actually familiar with you from is the insurance ad where you can't afford uh, a babysitter. This is true, yeah, and where my brother-in-law steals my rope. <laughs> That's it's right. I claim to fame right now, yeah. I think it's kind of delightful to people because it's a complete surprise when it comes on the television. They're like, oh, my God, it's you. It literally just happened to me at the gym. Um, <laughs> that's hilarious. Like, hey, it's me on TV. Yeah. That, that's um, right. So you could tune in any time, and, and, and there you are. Yeah. So, right so now what, I'm uh, – Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, no, not at all. Right now I'm working on this season of Homeland also, which is super fun. Oh, great. Yeah, I was going to ask you what, what else uh, we can uh, look, look to in the future from you. So uh, that's cool. And I, I've got to check out some of these series and, and be not so behind on all this stuff. <laughs> so, uh, it's a full-time uh, job watching TV these days. It really is. It is. It is. So, it's, you know, it's either fancy baseball or TV. I don't, you know, I don't have a, a lot of bandwidth for you know, more than one thing. So uh, you know, I may have to switch yeah, yeah. off at some point. But um, I also noticed from, from your Twitter page, I gave people your Twitter handle, and you're there in uh, Citizens Bank Park with the Phillies hat on. So uh, I'm just curious, uh, what, what team do you root for? So the Phillies are my life partner. <laughs> um, I will always love the Phillies, no matter how terrible they are. Um, but I am just sort of like a pan baseball fan at this point. I just, I'll root for anybody but the Yankees. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Well, that, uh, I was just raised on a fundamentalist hatred of the Yankees. So it's, it's just my upbringing that's to blame, basically. Now, did you grow up in the Philadelphia area? I did, yeah. Yeah, okay, and no. in point of fact, oh, go ahead. No, it's just to say, I, I did too for a portion of my childhood, and that, that was where I got steeped in, in very deep uh, Yankee hatred. So. I, yeah, I, and I, lots of times people it. are like, if you're a Phillies fan, shouldn't you hate the Mets? And I'm just like, but the Mets aren't like evil, arrogant pricks. So, no, I don't hate them. Right. Well, yeah, I, I moved the from, end of the argument. Yeah, I moved from Cherry Hill, New Jersey. So I'm sure you're familiar with that area and uh, up to northern New Jersey. And I, I basically I had to pick a team. You know, I, I, for whatever reason, I just I didn't have the intestinal fortitude, I guess, to keep billing, being a, a Phillies fan in North Jersey. So so I picked the Mets. So uh, that's a good choice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure there are a lot of Mets fans who would probably debate that right now, or certainly some Yankees fans who would. But uh, well, anyways, uh, I, I'm interested in terms of your your history with fantasy baseball. I can say uh, certainly I know from uh, uh, from Twitter that uh, you're a big fan of fantasy, uh, very involved in, in fantasy baseball. So, what exactly did you get started, and what got what's your story about getting dragged into fantasy baseball like like we all did? Yeah, sure. So I feel vastly underqualified to follow up Nathan as your guest because, as a matter of fact, I've only been playing fantasy for three years. Um, I did uh, uh, actually a production of Importance of Being Earnest and another actor in a show with me, uh, knowing that I just, I mean, I've had an unhealthy love of baseball my whole life. I just hadn't gotten into fantasy. It was like, you should really be on my, uh, in my fantasy league. And so I got sucked over into the dark side um, and uh, have never been seen since. <laughs> yeah, well, everybody listening out there, or the significant, significant other of, of anybody listening out there, knows knows the story. Of you know, for me, it was playing pickup basketball in in grad school with a bunch of guys who were all everybody was in the league except I was. And I'm like, please invite me in your league next year so I know what, what you're talking about. And then what you're talking about. I, and then I was that I was one of them. You know, within like a week, so uh, talking about absolutely nothing else besides our fantasy league. So. Um, what uh, the, the league that you're in, what uh, sort of format is it? 
so at this point, because I did say that nobody had ever heard from me again, I'm in three, no, no, now I'm in four leagues. I will be in four leagues as of next year. Um, so the ancestral league that I first got dragged into is a sort of super custom league. It's a 12 team uh, head-to-head categories, um, but it is like a seven by seven, I think. Mm-hmm. So there are all kinds of extra categories like uh, walks are a category and uh, total bases and um, any pitched uh, saves and holds are separate categories. We have quality starts and, and wins. Um, so then the other two leagues that I play in are uh, one is a, they're both five by five uh, roto league. One of them, though, has uh, OBP and save holds, and then the other one is just standard. Do you have a, a preference? Because I mean, those are pretty disparate formats. Um, yeah, got, I. Yeah. I I think I prefer, I like playing uh, head-to-head the most. I don't know if that's partly because that's the, like my first exposure to it. And so I'm like, this is the real fantasy baseball or something. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I guess what is, what is also fun about Roto is that like, uh, you, you are more assured of coming out on top if you are just smart throughout the season. Um, so... You know, I, I won one of the Roto Leagues and the other Roto League I came in second. And in the head-to-head league, I came in second in the championship literally because I benched Mitch Hanniger's two-home run game on the, like, Monday of that last scoring period. Um, if I had not benched that game, I would have won. So I'm like, oh, great, this whole season came down to, like, that, like, it was a boneheaded mistake on the other hand like Kaniger hadn't been good for a little while so yeah um, I don't know like that's the whole you know thing about process versus outcome uh, I don't you know again I don't know what your alternatives were um, it's hard to get my head back into you know week 26 of, of this past season uh, but you know it's easy to imagine that there there was some option there that would have made more sense and, you know, would have looked like a, a better process. So, you know, on that, uh, on that note, um, you know, how do you feel about this season in terms of not, not, I mean, your outcomes overall, you know, were, were terrific. Um, but how, how do you feel about the process of, of getting there? Yeah. I mean, I guess I felt pretty good about it. And, and so I don't, I don't necessarily know what my extreme different New Year's resolution is for next year in regards to those particular leagues because I just felt like I was in contention the whole time. Um, so, I mean, you know, I feel like I definitely learned something because one of the leagues was, you know, I had just joined it last year. And in the in the 7x7 seven seven league, batting average is just one category, whereas power influences obviously runs and RBI, but also total bases. And so, having power hitters is way more important than having high average hitters. So that was something that I didn't quite take into consideration enough, you know, in the, in the new league, the like 14 team Roto league that I was playing in, I was like, Oh yeah, I'll just like punt on batting average. And that actually really held me down um, the whole season. I just couldn't ever get out of my batting average hole. So I feel like that's definitely a goal that I have um, for next season. Um, but I, I feel like, I mean, in, in some senses, I think that my sort of draft prep strategy for those leagues is probably going to be kind of similar to what it was last 
year just because, I don't know, it worked out pretty well for me. So, so uh, was um, was prioritizing power hitters a, a part of that strategy? Because you know, it sounds like you you know you kind of wait, and understandably so. And this is something I've I've done a lot over the years, uh, you know, to wait the power hitters uh, in your your uh, draft rankings. Um, what you know, was was that something that on draft day that you really prioritized, and and was there anything else uh, in addition to that? Yeah, it absolutely was something that I prioritized in in my, my head-to-head league and then the 14-team the league. In the other one, the OBP league, I was like, oh, I better prioritize OBP. And ironically, I, you know, finished first in OBP and was, like, chasing power all year. Like, was just always in the hole. But, like, somehow, even in 2017, I won that league despite being, like, sixth or something in home runs. Um, so I guess my other strategy that worked out pretty well for me last year was actually to take two pitchers in the first six picks. Um, And I kind of, like, diversified my portfolio across the three leagues so that, you know, like, if somebody got injured, I wouldn't be screwed in every single league. Um, Mm -hmm. And in every single league, I had one of those pitchers fail me and was really glad that I had the other one, basically. So um, that's probably a strategy that I'm going to try to repeat just because I feel like actually 2018 is maybe even looking slightly more dire than 2017 did in terms of elite pitchers. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, and it's going to be a hard thing. I think for all of us to really try to figure out this year, um, you know, with the narrowing and narrowing of that elite, uh, you know, tier of, uh, of top pitchers. Uh, and then, you know, with, with uh, all the explosion in offense, too. And, you know, the thing I actually talked about at the top of the show, Ellen, uh, was the Wade Davis signing with the Rockies. Oh, yeah. And how they're, you know, kind of following in that trend of building a super bullpen. And, you know, how many innings you know, do you really need for, do you want from your starting pitcher? So these are all things that we're going to have to, uh, you know, take a stab at uh, come draft day. And uh, hopefully between now and then I'll, I'll uh, have some better answers. But uh, anyways, Ellen, I think we're uh, running pretty short on time here. So I just want well, to thank you again for uh, taking the time out to uh, join me My here pleasure. and uh, talk about your season and all that. And I, I wish you the best of luck, not only with your fantasy baseball, but with Homeland and, and uh, all the, the, the great work that you're doing. So uh, thanks again. Thanks so much. All right, well, uh, that, uh, folks, is Ellen Adair. Go look for her on Twitter. Stick around while we come back. We have my uh, buddy Trevor Dunning join us right after this break. Hey, everybody, it's me, Joe Pizzapia, best-selling author of the Fantasy Black Book series. And right now, you can get the 2017 Fantasy Football Black Book on Amazon as we speak. What are you waiting for? You can get it for ebook, for your Kindle, or for paperback. And it's not just me this year. No, I brought in some friends. I got Jake Seeley. I got Sammy Reed. I got Gary Davenport. I got championships, and they're waiting for you. Find out why the Fantasy Black Book is number one best-selling in fantasy sports for the 10th straight time. You know why? Because once you go Black Book, you never go back. Attention all authors. Page Publishing is looking for authors. Have you written a book and want to get it published? Page Publishing will get your book into bookstores and for sale online at Amazon, Apple iTunes, and other outlets. They handle all aspects of the publishing process for you. Printing, cover art, publicity, copyright, and editing. Call 800-292-8137 now for your free author submission kit. That's 800-292-8137 for your free author submission kit. Again, that's 800-292-8137. 
DFS lineup block sponsored by DailyRoto.com. I tend to do better on slates that have less games. I like more games because there's a little more difference in lineups, but I've done better when it's less games. Tonight's a perfect example. We got James Harden and Giannis Antetokounmpo are two big price uh, players tonight. It's easy to get them in because it's cut a lot of value plays, but it's working out. If we're making money, we can't complain. Weekdays, 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern, only on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. FNTSY.com slash radio. Steiner Sports is the leading memorabilia provider for the New York Yankees, Rangers, Giants, Knicks, and the Brooklyn Nets. Featuring hundreds of items from your favorite athletes, Steiner Sports is your source for the best sports gifts. Go to SteinerSports.com slash box and shop our collection of memorabilia boxes, which include 10 gifts for the price of one. We've made one for each of your favorite teams. Hurry, supplies are limited, and these are some of the best deals we have ever offered. So go to SteinerSports.com slash box today. What's up, fantasy nerds? It's Ashley from Ashley Needs Answers, and I'm here to share some fun facts with you about my friend Jake Seeley, who, by the way, has never met me. Actually, here's one fun fact. They're making me read this great stuff about Jake, and he won't even pick up the phone and say hello to me. I'm just supposed to sit here and make him look great, and he's not even a great human being. Here's one. Jake's a top three fantasy ranker in the last two years. Great. But is he a good human? I don't know. I can't vouch for that. I heard he doesn't even like puppies. So decide for yourself. On Target with Jake Seeley, weekdays at 4 p.m. Eastern and 1 p.m. Pacific. Hello, boys and girls. It's Santa, and I'm about as real as your chances at a title if you don't have the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I have 24-hour operation of elves making toys, and you should have a 24-hour network of experts working for you, offering the latest news, advice, analysis, and cheerful and joyful entertainment. You better have the Fantasy Sports Radio Network on your phone or tablet device. Merry Christmas! Welcome back, everybody. This is FanRag Fantasy Baseball. I'm your host, Al Melchior, and we continue to roll on with uh, New Year's Resolution Day. And I uh, want to thank again Ellen Adair for joining me in the last uh, segment and Nathan Dockin uh, from Fantrax and the Nasty Cast joining me in the segment before that, uh, Action Pack Show today. And uh, joining me for this segment is uh, Trevor Dunning. And as I mentioned earlier in the show, Trevor was one of the folks who uh, came through with a, a New Year's resolution when I put a call out on Twitter. Uh, and so uh, I thought it was an interesting one. And since I just happened to know Trevor personally, wanted to break, break it down a little bit more uh, on the show. So, Trevor, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me, Al. Uh, great, great. Well, uh, appreciate you taking the time here. And let's, let's get right to it. Um, so... Uh, 2017, we're, we're in a league together. It's the, uh, best shape of my life league and it's a, it's a points league. Um, and I know that league didn't go particularly well for you. Um, so there, you know, there's certainly, no, no, it didn't. (laughs) (laughs) There's we've talked a bit about this offline, but uh, you know, that's the thing is, you know, when our certain leagues don't go well, that gives us a lot of, you know, kind of grist, uh, for, uh, you know, figuring out what to, what to change up. But, uh, how did did your season go overall? Um, overall I played in three leagues this year and my other two, I did really well. Um, and that one, I just was just terrible. So, <laughs> um, it was a combination of a few things, uh, that went really wrong in that league. Um, but, uh, most of them just sound like excuses, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, a lot of things went wrong, but my other two leagues I did, re- did really well in, and I'm, I'm pretty happy with the season. So that's good. Well, uh, 
in the other two leagues, what uh, you know, were there certain players that that came through for you? Were, was there a certain you know, type of player, profile player? Uh, you know, can you can you point to a common link between the two leagues uh, that that helped you succeed in both of them? Um, in my first league um, is a roto league, and um, I pretty much always do the same strategy in my roto league, where I pretty much do stream team, or I, I call it pitch and ditch where uh, mm-hmm. I, I try to pick one eighth. Uh, so this year I picked Kershaw with my first, uh, first overall pick. And then uh, I tried to pick up um, a bunch of middle relievers that would uh, help me in whip and strikeouts. And then I would just stream starting pitchers, you know, just uh, later throughout the season that I could pick up and drop um, as needed. So that strategy worked, and I ended up taking third. I was really close to getting first. I just kind of missed a couple starts at the end and a couple uh, batter couple batters that didn't pull through at the end but uh the the stream uh strategy uh, worked really well for me in my roto league you know i i went to that i think it was about three years ago i've talked to quite a talked about it and written about it quite a bit um but yeah i i kind of went the same way because i used to you know really kind of go all in on pitching being in leagues where it was sort of a contrarian thing to do and and then you know over time i found it didn't really work that great and so I, i went to this model where i really i got Two two pitchers I figured I would never bench, um, yep. you know maybe three sometimes, but usually just two, and then yeah, just you know pitch and ditch the rest. Last year it didn't work as well for me, and I'm not you know I'm not exactly sure why. Maybe that's just kind of the randomness of, of fantasy baseball that you know when you're relying on streaming players, um, you know it, it, even a high percentage move sometimes it just it, it's just not going to work out for you. So I don't know. I'm I'm still sort of figuring out what to do with that that part of it uh for this year um right now for the 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 points league um where things didn't go so well um is just as focusing on on you know strategic aspects or maybe particular players is there anything that you could point to there um i would say the biggest uh, problem i had in that league was um i didn't realize or i guess nobody did the impact of the 10-day dl um yeah with it, with injured when players are going you know on injury injured reserve far more often I, I just had a slew of players that were hurt at the beginning of that season um, like I had picked up Trey Turner and I had Freddie Freeman and I had uh, Rich Hill and in the first month I believe they all hit the the DL at some point and it made me drop players that I shouldn't have like I dropped Eric Thames or Thames I can't remember how you pronounce his name <laughs> but I ended up dropping him when he right before he exploded. So that really bummed me out. And then, uh, uh, so yeah, injuries was a big part of that one. Um, but then also a big part of it was, um, I didn't quite understand the league as well. Like, so the transaction day was, I believe the, the day was Sunday that we were supposed to pick players up. Right. And I was really, and I was really used to that day being on Monday. So every time I went to go check in and try to sub in new guys for the new week on Monday, um, all my guys uh, were already locked in, and I had so many guys on the injured reserve that I was ended up playing like two or three guys in positions that were on the DL, and I couldn't do anything about it. Yeah, and yeah, that, that was a quirky thing about that league, and it's a league now. You were a new owner in this league this past year, but it was a league. This, yep, was, this was new to all of us because we migrated from one site to a, another uh, with you know different rules, and so. You know, it, it kind of threw a lot of us the first the first few weeks. Uh, you know, and and right, yeah, I, I, yeah. So you know, there's certain things like that that uh, you know we don't talk a lot about. Uh, you know, because they're they're kind of quirky. Um, but you know, leaks from time to time, 
uh, you know, particularly if you do a migration or you, you, know, you try a different format or whatever. Leagues are, you know, a lot of leagues do try different formats, you know, uh, right. like a, a switch from one year to the next. And, you know, that that's that's a tricky thing to do. Uh, absolutely. Right. So, uh, well, you know, that kind of, um, you know, talking about sort of initially, you know, like you're talking about dropping uh, Eric Thames. And yeah, I have the same problem, too, because I, in my mind, confuse him with Marcus Timms. But, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, dropping Eric Thames and then sort of the, there's a, a domino effect of, you know, trying to make the decision to make up for that and, and maybe making another Correct. mistake. I did this two years ago uh, in Tout Wars uh, with A.J. Pollock. Where oh, okay. he, you know, famously, uh, you know, got injured about a week before opening day, and yep. so this was like maybe three or four days after our auction, and I and I you know, and he was uh, one of the few sort of across the board type guys that I got. I was really really psyched to get AJ Pollock in 2016, um, and so when I lost him, I. I just wigged out and I made a whole series of bad trades and, and kind of sunk my season, you know, by like week one or week two. So, uh, right. Yep. So, so I was getting to your, your resolution. I totally identified this. You said, make the best decision with the available information at the time and not let the results make me frustrated or angry. Hindsight is twenty twenty. So amen. <laughs> That's uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> a really, really good, uh, I think, good resolution. And I just want to uh, break down uh, the, the two parts of this, because the first part is okay. make the best decision with the available information at the time. The second one, um, uh, not getting frustrated with, with mistakes. So um, I talked a little bit in the previous segment with, with Ellen Adair about process versus outcome. So you're basically just saying, focus on process. Don't worry about the Correct. outcome. Yep. So how do you know when you have a good process? Um, it, it depends, I guess, on what you're looking at. If you're looking at like the draft, which for some reason the draft doesn't frustrate me as much because I feel like the drafts are so fluid that you can't really pinpoint one mistake that, you know, like, for example, if you take Kershaw in round one and he gets hurt and then you get mad about it, you can't really determine what would have changed if you hadn't taken Kershaw because your whole draft might have been different. So uh, the draft doesn't really it, – it's more probably like daily stuff. Um, for example, like in the Roto League where I stream pitchers, um, I'm always picking up every day. I'm looking at uh, what pitchers I should pick up and which ones I should play. And I just kind of have a process there where I, I go through – and I use uh, ESPN's Daily Notes a lot. That's one of my favorite websites that I check. And I just kind of check the rankings there. And I also check Vegas odds to see what, what they think, you know, what teams might win or lose. And because uh, I'm always trying to just get the edge I can. And, uh, and so I, I kind of have that same process there. And uh, as long as I'm true to that process, uh, I don't get too – I try not to get too frustrated <laughs> with, uh, with pitchers anyway. Yeah, well, I mean that sounds good, and yeah, I've had a number of people, you know, mention to me the ESPN Daily Notes, uh, and you know they certainly do a, a very you know comprehensive job, um, uh, you know, and looking at the Vegas odds is interesting too, and I've I've known some other folks that that, that do that as well. It, I don't know, maybe that's something I should think about because it's um, one of the things. Now, I, I you know we're now uh, forty eight minutes of the show, and I realize I haven't talked about my resolution at all. I talked about it last week, so maybe it's not necessary, but um, it, it's basically to take myself off of autopilot and not chasing wins is something that has really been a constant for me, uh, you know, throughout all the years that I've played. 
And okay. you know, that looking at the odds, you know, maybe that's a way to to get an edge in some place where I've ignored and, and maybe I've I've underutilized the the information that's out there. So I, I think that's really you know good that you brought that up. And then you know you talked about uh, you know the, the second part. Don't let the results make make you frustrated or angry. Uh, so you talked about uh, Eric Thames, not not even necessarily that league or last season, but can you think of other examples where? In a draft, this has happened to me tons of times where I, I made a mistake with a pick and I knew it, and, I, and, and you have to right. try to you know, regain composure. Can you think of instances uh, you know, where that's happened, whether it's draft, auction, uh, in-season rosters, making a, a trade, you know, anything like that where you know, you've had to kind of regain um, composure? Yeah, well, actually, I have a funny story that um, it actually happened to my dad. Um, we, uh, we were together when it happened, so it ended up being pretty funny. But uh, last, this last April, we were in Washington, D.C. Uh, for work, and we had the opportunity to go to three Washington uh, Nationals games where they happened to be playing the Mets. Uh, Mets and Angels are my two favorite teams, so I was pretty excited to watch the Mets. And uh, my dad and I are both in the points league, uh, that I'm, the other league that I'm in, not the Roto one. Um, and he... Um, had uh, Anthony Rendon on his team. So he, we went to the first two games and Anthony Rendon up until that point in those two games and the preceding uh, season, if you're, I don't remember if his, his first half or his first quarter last year was terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he decided on the third game that we were going to, to not play Anthony Rendon because he was going against Noah Syndergaard. Yeah. And I don't know if you, <laughs> I don't know if you remember, but this is the game that Noah Syndergaard uh, pulled his lat and was out oh, for the rest yeah. of the season. So that was also the same game that Rendon went six for six with three home runs and 10 RBI. Okay. I had a feel so. that's where you're going with that. So <laughs> yep. uh, I'm, I'm sorry if I cut you off, but I probably should give you a better notice, Trevor, but we, we got to head to break. That's right. That's right. So thank you so much, uh, Trevor Dunn. Thank you so much for joining us and happy new year to you. Yeah. Same to you. All right. Take care. All right, folks. Yep. So I'll be right back after the break. Muscle Maker Grill was made for baseball season. Muscle Maker Grill supplies you with delicious, healthy meals that will give you energy to cheer on your team week after week. Whether you're craving flavorful salad, packed wraps, or guiltless entrees, Muscle Maker Grill has you covered. Hosting a game? No problem. Our catering packages will have your whole team satisfied with flavors ranging from Italian to Tex-Mex and much, much more. Visit MuscleMakerGrill.com for your nearest location and have a winning season. Play on Fantasy Draft, the only daily fantasy site where every head-to-head contest is rake-free, including contests you create. Fantasy Draft also gives you the ability to block up to 25 players from entering your head-to-head contest. With a $1 million prize pool and $200,000 to the winner, Fantasy Draft is running their inaugural NFL Live Final, the Carolina Millions. Sign up today at FantasyDraft.com with promo code FNTSY and experience players first for yourself. Fantasy Draft, daily fantasy on a level playing field. Hey, I'm Jeff. Look, I'm just a skeleton. I don't have an ACL anymore, but I still like to know what it means when one of my fantasy players sprains his. That's why I use the Inside Injuries app. It was created by real doctors. So you're getting information directly from people who have seen, touched, and operated on actual ACLs. Take it from me, a skeleton. If you aren't using it, you might as well just be guessing. Download the free app today. 
and unlock the secrets of injury analysis. DFS Lineup Locks, sponsored by DailyRoto.com. Fantasy football should be over at week 16 when you're playing season long. But week 17, DFS, we're all under the same rules. We're all going to use the same prices. We're not going to have guys sit out. We're fantasy players. We need to ply our craft somewhere. I think you play with passion and you go out there and you show everybody what a great fantasy player you are. Weekdays, 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern, only on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. FNTSY.com slash radio. The sharpest fantasy sports minds are now available 24-7 straight from your mobile device. Download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app and listen live or on demand to the finest tips, strategies, and advice from your favorite fantasy personalities. It's free and available for both iOS and Android devices. Your life isn't slowing down, so why should your fantasy sports? Head to FNTSY.com slash radio and download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app today. Steiner Sports is the leading memorabilia provider for the New York Yankees, Rangers, Giants, Knicks, and the Brooklyn Nets. Featuring hundreds of items from your favorite athletes, Steiner Sports is your source for the best sports gifts. Go to SteinerSports.com slash box and shop our collection of memorabilia boxes, which include 10 gifts for the price of one. We've made one for each of your favorite teams. Hurry, supplies are limited, and these are some of the best deals we have ever offered. So go to SteinerSports.com slash box today. On target fantasy football. You just made the least bold move possible in the GM hire that you had with Gettleman. So they seem to conflict. This was the chance for the Giants to be bold. Joe made a great point and said, you know, you're basically playing with house money at this point. I said it's like the least inspired move you could possibly make. And you actually have built-in excuses if it doesn't work. And yet they've hired Gettleman. Weekdays, 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time Zone. FNTSY.com slash radio. Calling all drivers. Want a career that will take you places? Then Coach USA and Megabus is the place for you. Coach USA and Megabus, leaders in the local and intercity bus transportation industry, are looking for career minded, conscientious drivers with a valid CDL Class A or B license with passenger endorsement. They offer paid training, competitive salary, and many benefits. Apply now and start driving to a better future. Visit CoachUSA.jobs. That's CoachUSA.jobs. Welcome back, everybody. This is FanRag Fantasy Baseball, New Year's Resolutions Edition. I'm your host, Al Melchior, and big thanks once again to uh, Trevor Dunning, who uh, joined me for the last segment, talked about our uh, best shape of my life league that we're in together. Uh, before that, uh, Ellen Adair from uh, Billions and Homeland, and Nathan Dockin from Fantrax and the Nasty Cast. So thanks to all three of them uh, for sharing this time and sharing their uh, New Year's resolutions uh, for fantasy baseball with us. And uh, some of you on Twitter shared your New Year's resolutions. So I want to pass those along before uh, putting a bow on 2017 on uh, FanRag Fantasy Baseball. So the, this one is from Easy at Easy Days. Uh, my New Year's resolution for fantasy baseball is to stick to my game plan of drafting and keeping valuable prospects just like drafting Aaron Judge in the 24th round. I've heard this from a lot of people. Um, if you can find how to, to, how to you know, put this into operation, uh, I'd love to hear from you because, uh, you know, certainly I can remember, I think most of us can remember uh, that we're playing a year ago. Uh, you know, looking at that situation in the Yankees outfield and, you know, at a time it looked like Aaron Judge might be going to AAA. And, and of course, he went super cheap. 
And I, to me, that's lightning in a bottle. I'm not sure. Um, I'm sure at some point I'll probably write something about uh, the next Aaron Judge, and I'm sure I won't be alone in doing that. But uh, that you know, sometimes those things that's just things that happen once in a many years, you know, several years. Uh, but uh, you know, uh, certainly it's it's worth looking into to see if you can you know find the profile to find the next Aaron Judge if if there can be such a thing. Uh, this one uh, at forty four a a Miller never spend a high pick on a catcher again. That's probably going to be another one of those things that I'll I'll put under the microscope. As I said in the previous segment, my New Year's resolution is to take myself off of autopilot and to question as many of assumptions like this one that I've carried. And this is one that I've carried for a few years. I've kind of gone through different phases, sort of like I talked about with starting pitching and and being contrarian and trying to find value in in hoarding aces. Um, there was a time when I, I did go early on catcher and I know maybe there's a lesson to be learned here in that, uh, these contrarian moves don't, you know, always work just because they're contrarian. Uh, so I'll have to look at that one and see if I can find a reason, you know, to go back to going early on a catcher, but, you know, by and large, uh, yeah, I'm probably not going to be getting Gary Sanchez or, or, uh, Buster Posey or, or Wilson Contreras uh, this year, unless I find some reason to change it. Here's another one at, uh, Fante B-Ball guy. Uh, in my auction, I resolved to spend the extra $1 to get players I'm high on. That's another one. That's There's a lot of contention in the fantasy baseball community about whether or not it's it's worth doing it. Um, I have to admit, I've, I've done that. Now, I try to keep it to just an extra dollar because it, 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 you reach a point where you're not really getting value anymore. If you're going beyond that, and, and I try not to get, you know, pet players that I get at any cost, I don't really see the harm in an extra dollar, especially if it's somebody that's got a pretty unique profile, whether it's, you know, power speed batting average or, uh, you know, strikeouts wins or, or you know, strikeouts uh, ERA whip. You know, I, I get it. But, um, yeah, that's one that requires a little extra discipline, I think, to really, really stick to it. And finally, last one I'm going to share with you, this is at... Mr. Ben, uh, war, uh, I'm completely mangling this, so let me try again. Mr. Ben, where CBA, I think is uh, how you read that one. I apologize. Uh, he says, finish ahead of Greg Jewett of FanRag Fantasy Baseball in both of the leagues I share with him. That's that's a tough one because <laughs> uh, Greg knows his stuff. Greg will be back on the show, and uh, that's a good reminder for me that uh, Greg, uh, Greg Jewett and uh, our – FanRag colleague uh, Jim Finch. You'll be seeing more of them in the new year. Uh, starting January 8th, the show will be on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 10 to 11 Eastern PM. And finally, a thanks to Greg and Jim and to everybody at Fantasy Sports Radio Network, including today's producer, Pete Contadori. Thanks to everybody, John Heyman from FanRag, who's made lots of appearances. Thanks to everybody who's made this a great first year of FanRag Fantasy Baseball. Happy New Year, everybody. See you in 2018.